Moms Without a Mom, A Path Through Postpartum Pain with Dr. Melissa Riley on episode number 245 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. And then once my son was born, Brad, this is where things really start to fall apart because here I was, 38 years old. I owned my practice. I was a clinical psychologist for many years at that point. I was pretty confident in who I was as a woman. I had taught at the graduate level human development. I had provided treatment for many moms with parenting. So I thought I was going into this in a pretty good place with more resources than most. And I was blown away by just how difficult it was. Mm. It surprised me. And I didn't understand why. I didn't understand why I was struggling so much. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello again, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through navigating adversity in your life to achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. Coming to you from the loft Home Studios, just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. What a pleasure and a privilege to have you join me as we continue to seek to speak into your life with over 240 episodes now of this podcast designed to serve you. Here on episode two, number 245, we continue a process of bringing in great experts to speak to particular situations in life. Dr. Melissa Riley is with us, and she's going to talk to us about a particular circumstance and situation, moms without a mom. She's going to talk about her circumstances, where she found herself in, where she lost her mother and her older sister and her younger sister, all by the time she was in her mid-20s, leaving her without any female role models in her life, which came to impact her when she in her 30s had children of her own, and there was profound grief and other manifestations of this particular circumstance, even though she had a great career and was trained as a psychiatrist, as a psych, as a psychologist, and offered her own assistance to other people. She's going to talk to us and share with us in this episode about a process that she learned about grief and about the situation that she found herself in, how she managed to deal with this adversity and to get through it. We're going to hear her story here today. Then in episode number 246, we're going to bring her back for part two of this episode where she's going to talk to us and share with us about her process of having resilience in her life and gathering people around her to help her get through things as in the particular circumstance of being a mom without a mom. A very interesting and special perspective here that I think you're going to find very, very helpful. Here in the Beyond Adversity podcast, you can find all these episodes that we are all about at drbradmiller.com. 
And you can find our resource about helping you to develop your own plan of action, your promised life plan to get through your uh, particular adversity at drbradmiller.com slash 40 day way. We're here to be helpful to you. Today, the topic is grief as and and particularly about the particular circumstance of a mom without a mom. Her name is Dr. Melissa Riley. She blogs at momswithoutamom.com. Let's get into part one of our conversation right now. Hello again, good people, and welcome to the Beyond Adversity Podcast. This is where we help folks just like you to grow through what they go through to navigate adverse life conditions and achieve their life of peace and prosperity and uh, purpose. The best way we do that is by talking to people who've been there and done that. In this case, we're talking to Dr. Melissa Riley. She has quite a story to tell. She is a psychologist and a mom coach, particularly with the emphasis on supporting moms without a mom on their path of resilience. Dr. Melissa Riley, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you, Brad. I really appreciate it. I am excited to talk with your folks about being a mom without a mom. Being a mom without a mom, it's a really defined area here. We're going to delve into that. And what I like to hear then is this, the context of being a mom without a mom is really critical to your story. So tell us a little bit about your story of when you face some really difficult times as a new mom without a mom, and that kind of led you to what you do now in your coaching and leadership and teaching of other people. Absolutely. So my life started out pretty typically. I was born into a family with both parents, and I was the second of three girls born into that family. And unfortunately, as a young child, my older sister passed away from leukemia. And so my life was very much framed from that experience. So fast forward at the age of 25, my mother died from a heart attack at a very young age, 51. And then seven months later, my younger sister died from just a pulmonary embolism. So yeah, so I went from one of four women within a family of five to I am the only female in my nuclear family. And at that point in my life, I was very career oriented. I was finishing up my doctoral degree to be a clinical psychologist and continued on that path. So I was, like I said, I was only 25 when my mother died and went through significant life events, moving, graduating, getting married, all of the typical adult milestones without my mom present. Mm, So I went through the grief process and did a lot of my own work and really felt very comfortable with who I was. So I started my family later in life and gave birth to my first son, my child, just a couple days shy of my 38th birthday. Okay. Now that process was difficult because I had three miscarriages, And then my pregnancy with my son 
was a medically fragile pregnancy. I started going into delivery at 26 weeks and then bed rest and multiple hospital stays and all those kinds of things. So during this process, all of a sudden I had this real resurgence of grief for my mom. I started feeling really alone, really isolated, and began to really struggle. And I didn't recognize all of the symptoms of grief as being grief because what I was going through was difficult. And so the depression, the alone, the longing feelings, I didn't necessarily consider it grief because like I said, I had already gone through that. Okay. And, and, part, and you, probably a little part of you thought, I know how to handle this as well for your training, I assume. That have been in the mix. Oh, absolutely. And then once my son was born, Brad, this is where things really started to fall apart because here I was, 38 years old. I owned my practice. I was a clinical psychologist for many years at that point. I was pretty confident in who I was as a woman. I had taught at the graduate level human development. I had provided treatment for many moms with parenting. So I thought I was going into this in a pretty good place with more resources than most. And I was blown away by just how difficult it was. Hmm. It surprised me. And I didn't understand why. I didn't understand why I was struggling so much. So what I was left with was this idea that something must be wrong with me. And I felt terrible. And I felt the sense of shame. I felt embarrassed. And I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. And so... Just out of curiosity, was there a, a husband or other family members involved who were close to you during this time? Or I did. I had my husband and that he was as supportive as he could be, but he had already been a father. My I oldest see. was born from his first, my husband's first marriage. Yes. So this was the second time going through it. Um but the first time going through it with me. So there yes. were some differences. Of course. Which made it a little more difficult. I didn't live in the same state as my father. And I did have an aunt who I was very close with, but she also didn't live in the same state. I see. And I had just moved to the town that I lived in that year. So I wasn't connected with people and friends. Yes. And I'm an introvert. So it's not easy for me to make friends. I understand. Yeah. So yeah. I felt very alone. And didn't realize that not having a mother had such a significant impact on me. Were you able to kind of put your finger on it right away, though? That was a part of the circumstances for you? So it took no. a little time to, to unpack that and get to that place, didn't it? It did. It did take me some time. And part of how I figured it out was in working with other moms. I continued to work and started noticing patterns amongst the other mothers that I treated in my clinical practice okay. that didn't have a mother or the mother they had was toxic, right? So that they weren't yes. a support. And I started noticing similarities between myself and these other women that wasn't necessarily consistent with moms that had their mother. And so being the psych nerd that I am, I did some research and found there isn't a lot of information out there about oh. the experience of moms without a mom. So I started to think a lot about that and realized, okay, this is something that I can do research about and then start providing support and help to other moms. And, and, so, and that's, so that's what I'm doing that's now. That's what you're doing now. That, that, that's yes. awesome. So 
It seems in this process here, Melissa, you were kind of surprised by the circumstances that hit you hard because you weren't really ready for it. And you perhaps maybe a part of what was going on is you may have thought somehow maybe if mom was there and was involved would have been helpful in the process. And we play games with our minds, don't we? We do that a lot. And that's part of what's going on here. But you had to find your own pathway then to healing and wholeness and what you're doing. So let's talk for a minute here, Melissa, about what are some of the actions that you took then. What I mean by that is a lot of people, You and you mentioned you were in or your clinical practice where you're working with other moms. Now, I take it a significant part of your clientele was women, and I don't know if that's yeah. the case or not, but and a lot of them being moms and dealing with all the drama and trauma of being a mom, period, let alone these other things that go in. But it seems that what are some of the actions that you took to begin to get on this path? Because a lot of people get stuck. They yes. get stuck, and I call it the malaise of mediocrity. You get stuck in that malaise, and it's hard to get out. And so you've worked with, with some people, I'm sure, in your practice. But now you have to do some things to get unstuck. So what are some of the things that you took action about? Yes. There are three really specific things that I did. First and foremost is I needed to recognize that I was experiencing grief and then start doing some work around that grief. So recognizing and then being able to express it through things like writing, journaling, talking, sharing my experiences with others. The second thing that I needed to do was build a community Hmm. because moms function in many ways, right? They typically provide assistance and act as a go-to person. So I needed to find individuals that could assist me and help with things that I needed assistance with. They provide knowledge and wisdom. So I needed to reach out and find what I like to call wise women that could answer the questions that I had, especially at times, not all the times I even knew that I had a question and needed to get that. They also can be there to help with chores and things in ways that Mm -hmm. others we wouldn't necessarily ask. And they provide emotional support. So I needed to go out and build my mom community that included those factors or those people. And then the third thing is I needed to start really looking at my own sense of who I am as a mom. And I call that our mom identity. We recognize who we are within relationship with others. And so part of how we know how to be a mom by how we were mothered and whether that was a good experience or a not so good experience. Sure, sure. So I really dove so, into that. Some very specific things. So let's talk a little bit about how you actually did it. The first, mm-hmm. I got built community and I got the mom identity. What was the first one again? The first one was to recognize and then express my grief. Express grief. That was it. So let's just take at least maybe one example of those for your experience, then we want to talk about how that might apply to other people. Because give me one example of action you took to express grief. Okay. So to express grief, I started writing letters to my mom in my journal. And in those letters, I would just talk about the difficult things I was experiencing with my son, as well as some of the wonderful things that I knew a grandmother would gush over with me. (laughs) Because not everybody wants to hear the mundane stories. So I just created this ongoing dialogue. And sometimes it felt very one-sided. But there were other times when I could hear her talking back. And so that was a real important experience of expressing grief, which wasn't based on just like 
grief as we recognize it, like that sadness and that real depressed experience. But this was more of that longing and wanting something that wasn't there. So I created it. It wasn't exactly like having your mom around, but it was heading that direction. It was an expression that you took to, to do that. The second thing was to build community. So what was something specific that you did to build community with other moms? Okay. I'll give an example of a wise woman. So I was going in to uh, my son's childcare center. He was about six months old and I nursed. So, but I brought in milk and bottles for him to be fed there. So one day the teacher says to me, Melissa, do you think he's ready to go up on a nipple size? I just looked at her and I had no idea what she was talking about. I had no idea. I didn't feed him a bottle when he was with me. She very kindly said the nipples on bottles come with different size holes. And as they get older, they need to go up on a size. Okay. So what do you think? And she helped me, right? She told me what all that meant. And so I started recognizing that the professionals in his life, the teachers could be part of the wise women that I reached out to yeah. uh, and that I started to rely on to give me information. And I think that's really important. That's awesome. So it isn't just friends, it's professionals, it's other people in our life too, that we can include as part of our community. That's great. That's great. And then the third thing you mentioned, give us an example of coming to terms or recognizing the mom identity. Yes. My mom was a larger than life person. She had a very bold personality and she was a leader in the community. In fact, I was known often as just one of Sue Derby's girls. Okay. So there were lots of wonderful things about her, but there were also things that um, she struggled with. She had her own wounds. And so it took me some time before I could sift through and figure out what were those qualities of her I wanted to emulate and what were some of those things that I wanted to let go of and be Mm. different in who I am as a mom. And so it took a lot of self-reflection and really looking at what are my values, what are the things I want to do and being very deliberate in that self-reflection and focusing on, on really living those out. Yeah. We're going to conclude part one of our conversation with uh, Dr. Melissa Riley right there. And we're going to pick it up again in episode number 246, where we're going to talk about the one key factor, the one key word that you need in order to navigate the circumstance of being a mom without a mom, and particular grief that certain moms face in this postpartum uh, depression stage. You want to be here for episode number 246. Then episode number 247, I'm going to respond to the things that uh, that Dr. Riley has taught us about my own commentary called Resilience Responds to Resistance. Just a couple of key points about our conversation today that I really would like for you to be uh, aware of about how she was surprised by her grief. She thought she had things handled, but she didn't. We can all be surprised by grief sometimes, even if we think we got our act together and we need help. And she found that some of the help that maybe others almost take for granted, women in their life, a mom, was not there. And she had to find other ways to deal with that. You heard her talk about expressing her grief in appropriate ways to recognize it and express the grief of not having a mom when she was becoming a mother herself, about the necessity to find wise 
women in her own life very intentionally and to seek out building a community with them. And then also to find ident- to find her own personal uh, identif- identity as a mom uh, based on these wise women and her own understanding of her own mom and to build her own identity. That's just a part of what she taught us here today. So you know you're going to want to tune in to episode number 246 uh, for more from Dr. Melissa Riley. She blogs at momswithoutamom.com, and that's where you can connect with a free 30-minute call with her for her coaching program and other free resources there at her website. Here at drbradmillerwood.com, we're all about helping you to navigate adversity, whatever it is. We believe in what we call the five D's of adversity, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death, and how you can find your own way to navigate your way through those. We have over 240 episodes of this podcast, which are devoted to you and helping you to get through these things and to grow through whatever it is that you go through. You can head to drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway for our resource, which will help you to find your own PLP, your promised life plan, a pathway to get you unstuck and on your way to peace and prosperity and to purpose. We're here to be helpful to you. We love you and we are here to serve. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. It's good to be with you. We look to join with you and next time here on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Until then, remember to do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.